It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reason. Welcome to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reason, and today we are talking all about leading people that drive you nuts. Let's say that again for all those people that are saying amen, because we all have somebody in our lives that drives us bonkers. So the title today is Leading People That Drive You Nuts. Now imagine a world of sameness. There's actually a movie about this. Uh, Now I didn't even prepare to think about the topic of the movie. I think it's called Going Blue, something like that. Uh, It is a movie about sameness. And so everyone is the same. You have the same types of jobs. There's only about five different jobs in this community. They, uh, anybody that has different is kicked out of the world of sameness. And so later we learn in the movie that they're actually killed. Uh, But it's it's this, this whole community of people that are the exact same. And while in theory, it might sound nice to have a lot of people that are the same, I myself, that would that would be a very hard world. I have a very bubbly personality. I know that to some people, I may be a lot, and that's okay. I'm totally okay with that. I've made my peace with that. And a world of people that were all like me, I think at the end of the day would start to annoy me. If I was around me all the time, lots of other me's, I appreciate and value diversity. And so that is so important that we have that. Now, I had one guy, and I learned this very on in my career. He was, uh, we were on a board together, a nonprofit board. And he's actually a good friend of mine now. At the time, he was a friend, but we have very different views on things. I mean, polar opposites. And every time I would vote yes for something, he would vote no. And we would cancel each other out. And it would drive me nuts until I realized there's so much I can learn from him. And when I looked at the people around me, one of the biggest challenges and things that I hear repeatedly from executives is that they ask questions and they look for that dialogue, for that kickback, for the feedback, for the the people that think differently. And when they have a bunch of yes people around them, meaning people just say, "What? yes, whatever you think, yes, 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 they, they miss out on that conversation of controversy meaning somebody that's willing to say, hey, I hear you and I have a differing opinion. And we require that in our lives. And we don't just want it, we actually require it in order to make healthy decisions. We've got to have controversial opinions or differing opinions, so they're very valuable. So a world of sameness, that wouldn't work because when there's no controversy, when there's no uh, differing opinion, we're all just the same. And for one, My belief is that would be a boring experience, but second of all, it doesn't actually create growth because growth happens when we're uncomfortable. Growth happens in those times when people disagree. That's where we grow. And so if we lived in a world of sameness, we wouldn't grow. So we get to embrace, that's the first piece, just really embrace those people that drive you nuts and say, I get that you drive me nuts and it's okay. That can be very, very hard. But what we're walking through today are the tools to say, Well, what is it about them that drives me nuts? What is it that I could change? Because here's an FYI, biggest tip, actually, you're going to hear all day. They're never going to change. Someone else is never going to change. They're not just going to magically show up. They wake up in the morning and they say, oh my gosh, 
I drive Kathleen Reese nuts. Guess what? I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to show up differently. That's not really how the world works. We get to shift our viewpoint, our lens, uh, the way we're looking at something, and then the situation changes. So just like I was describing my now good friend where we served on a board together and he was always the no to my yes or the yes to my no. And I didn't value his differing opinion until I did, until I realized he was actually giving me the greatest gift. And what I see, especially in on social media, we have a cancel culture. Perhaps you've heard that term, that term used. But when we don't like something, we tend to just be rid of it, throw it away, cancel it. And so what that plays out on social media is like on Facebook, we defriend someone if we don't like their opinions. Instead of saying, perhaps there's something that I can learn from this person that has a different viewpoint. Perhaps there's something that I can learn from this person that has a different viewpoint or from this person that's really just annoying to me. Because really what's happening is they're showing an aspect of me that I don't want to see. I want to push it away. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to see it. Now, I see this in my two, my oldest and my youngest children. So my two two of my three children, they bicker. And they actually bicker because they're very similar. So they both want to be right. They both have more controlling, dominant personalities. We're doing a whole episode on how to work with dominant people, by the way, in March. So stay tuned for that. And my my oldest and my youngest children, because they are so alike, when they wake up in the morning, they are constantly at each other. So this morning, my youngest was talking to my oldest, and my oldest says, it's time to take your medicine, because my youngest has a little... Uh, tooth abscess right now. It's no big deal, but he does get to take some antibiotics. And my oldest says, it's time to take your medicine. And it just triggers my youngest. He's so annoyed. This is none of your business. Stop, stop talking to me about this. Well, at night it's usually reverse. My youngest is on my oldest to get something done. You haven't played your trombone yet. It's time to empty the dishwasher, whatever that is, he is on him. And so these two bicker Now, this used to annoy me. And to be truthful, sometimes it still does. But one of the things that my husband and I pointed out was that when they bicker like this, they actually remind us of the movie Grumpy Old Men. We've never watched it. Go watch it. It's, I think, available on Prime. We're actually going to show it to them this past weekend so they can see that they bicker like these two grumpy old men from the movie. And when we have that reference, now when I see them bickering, I say, oh, the grumpy old men are at it again. And it makes me smile. I laugh at it. It, it brings up these, these memories of this movie. And I think, oh, that's what they're being. So I've changed the story. And that supports me and not being annoyed that these, these children of mine that I created into this world, they're driving, they were driving me nuts because they're bickering, but I changed how I looked at it. And now they're not, they didn't change their action. They still bicker, but I don't get triggered by it. I don't let that bother me. I just notice it and I have a different experience with it. So that's what I'm talking about. The people out there, they're not going to change. I mean, eventually my kids are going to grow up and they'll think that they'll bicker less. People that have older children, you can confirm that that is true or not. But for the sake of my sanity, just confirm that it is true, please. <laughs> that's my side note. But, but in reality, they may, they may not change. And I cannot control that. All I can control is how I react to the situation. And so that's what I'm talking about. When we change, then we can give differing opinions. We can change our reaction to what's happening around us. So that's what's really important. So when we get into this changing 
how we view, how we look at things. The, a good way to do that is to change our story, our experience. And so when I say change our story, it means that when something's happening around us, when someone's driving us nuts, we're making up a story about that person and that experience. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So let's just say in the workplace, you like to eat healthy food. So you like to eat healthy food at home in the workplace, all that. But in the workplace, you have snack day. Now, we've a lot of places are loosening up their COVID protocol. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation, we're back in the office and we have snack day. And there's always the person that brings in the donuts. So they bring in these unhealthy donuts. Now you want to eat healthy. Now, this person is not thinking that health is as priority as what you are labeling it. And they bring in the donuts. And so you get frustrated and mad because this person is sabotaging your health requirements, your health goals, because they keep bringing in donuts. Now, logically, we understand that we don't have to eat the donuts. It's up to this person. But we're letting that person drive us nuts because we're creating a story about what that means. We're creating a story, maybe, to say this person doesn't care about our health needs. This person isn't aware of our health needs. This person doesn't take the time to think about the health of the office. They don't see that the office perhaps is under a healthiest initiative and everybody's bringing in healthy snacks except this one person that chooses donuts. So we've created this whole story about this person. And all of a sudden this person is this horrible being because they don't value the health the same way or they brought it all because they brought in donuts. So we've created these stories around it. Well, what happens with stories is that they're not, they're not real. They're created in our mind. And so we get to interrupt the story. We get to say, okay, that may or may not be true. So let's be curious and figure out what the actual experience is. So we can go up to this person that brought the donuts and say, hey, I see you brought donuts. Thank you for participating in the snack day. And can you tell me a little bit about how you chose these donuts? Are you, are you aware that we're under a healthiest initiative and bringing donuts doesn't align with that? So we could have these kinds of conversations about what really is going through the mind if we've set a healthiest initiative for, for the donor, for, for, for healthy snacks, but we get donuts coming in, there's obviously a disconnect there. But understand that that person, something that's been driving you nuts for maybe a year, maybe longer, maybe, maybe ever since you've worked at the company or maybe five minutes, you've created stories around what this means. And those may or may not be true. I was just on the phone with a friend right before we hop, I hopped on this show. I'm on the phone with a friend who is a coach and we were sharing an experience that he was having with a client so it could support him in moving through this, this challenge that he was having. And he has a client who has a couple different scenarios. He wrote an email and his, uh, he sent it to my friend, the coach to review, but then he also sent another email that we're supposed to be one and the same. And he, he got this from someone else. And my friend sees that there were two different versions here. Now we could create some stories there that the person that he's coaching wasn't honest with him and sent him a different version than what he actually sent out. Or perhaps the person that sent it to him that was not the client, the other person manipulated the email. Or perhaps there's just two versions and something small was changed and his client just didn't have a chance to tell him that, hasn't told him yet. There's all kinds of scenarios that 
possibly could be created from this one experience. But the reality is oftentimes we go into judgment and get frustrated that well, somebody must have lied to me. Somebody must have changed something versus being curious and understanding that there are lots of different scenarios that could go on. Now, my, co- my friend is a very smart person and a great coach. And so he realized that there are probably lots of different scenarios that could have been the case. And he gets to figure out which one is, in fact, what occurred. The only person that knows that is his client. And so he gets to be neutral about it instead of getting mad about it, instead of instead of frustrate, being frustrated and letting it trigger him into saying, oh, this person, he sent me the wrong email. He lied to me or he manipulated it. He sabotaged this process. Maybe it's possible that that could have happened, but that's not for sure. We don't know that yet. And so that's where we get to dig in and understand what's really happening here what's really happening. And so when we create stories in our head, they only reside in our head and know that when we create stories, we get frustrated. Stories carry emotions with them. Just like when we watch a movie or we read a book, there's, those are all designed to elicit emotion in us. So, so stories, whether they exist in a movie, a book, a song, or in our head, they're all eliciting emotions. Well, emotions can be frustration, anger. They can also be joy and happiness. We get to be aware of when somebody's driving us nuts and we're frustrated. It's, we, it's not about that person. It's about whatever that person is doing. We've assigned it a story and that's what we're reacting to. We're reacting to the story, not the person. So the things that when you say, we say leading people to drive you nuts, the person isn't actually driving you nuts. It's not the person. It's that person's behavior. And there's a very distinct difference between being driven nuts by a person and being driven nuts by a person's behavior. This is something, again, I'm going to lean in on an experience with my children to demonstrate this example. So my children, they can often get frustrated about a number of things, school, interaction with their brothers, their friends. So they have a lot of different things that can make them mad. Now, the other day when I explained to you my eight-year-old or my nine-year-old, he's got a, a little tooth abscess and so he has a little infection. He's got to take these pills. Well, we went to the pharmacy to get these pills and we realized when we got home, he can't actually take pills. I thought, no big deal. He's nine. He's, this should be no big deal for him. So we worked with him for four hours on and off to get him to take these pills to no avail. He did not do it. So the next morning we get up and he still can't take these pills. Only it's not that he's not working with us on it. He was ignoring any attempts to support him. So any offer that we gave him, he was just shutting us down and it wasn't working. And so what ended up happening is my husband and I got frustrated with him, not because of him. We love him very much, but his behavior, we were frustrated by his behavior and being shut off to support. Because one of our main rules is that we're open to support. As our family, it's the same role that we have in business with our employees. They know that they, as long as they are open to coaching, there is a role for them on the team. But the second they're not open to coaching, there's no longer a role. Well, I can't fire my kids for my family. It's not something I'm willing to do. I guess I could, but I'm not willing to do that. And so when my son wasn't open to coaching, it was frustrating. And I got to check myself because I wanted to say, I'm really mad at you. But the reality is I wasn't mad at him. It wasn't him that was driving me nuts. It was his behavior that was driving me nuts. Now I can be frustrated at behavior, 
but I'm not frustrated at him. And there's a total difference. So when we say leading people that drive you nuts, really understand the distinction. It's not the person that's driving you nuts. It's the person's behavior. So when I say that person is not going to change, nothing about the person is going to change, but their behavior can certainly change. Their behavior can change. And so understand the distinction. We can be frustrated at behaviors. We're not frustrated at a person. But we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we've got so much more about this topic. You're listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about leading people that drive you nuts. Right before the, this commercial break, we talked about it's not actually the people that drive us nuts. It's the behavior of the person. And when we talk about behavior, there's a couple different pathways within behavior that will walk down with you. So with their behavior, it can be either behavior as in personality-based behavior, traits that they are creating. So for example, when I say my kids are bickering with each other, that is a trait that they are creating. If it's the office gossip, you know, the person I'm talking about, the person that's really creating the drama in the office, that can be a behavior that's personality-based that really drives you nuts. And if that's the case, it's identifying that it's a personality-based behavior. The other piece that could really drive you nuts in the workplace is performance-based behavior, which means they aren't performing where they're at. And then it goes to, are they open? Is this a skill-based gap? So that means they're not skilled. They get to be trained or brought out, meaning help them find somewhere else, be successful somewhere else. Or... <coughs> They have the ability, they just don't want to step into it. And so this is your determination. I can't make this determination for you, but you get to understand is if something is triggering you, if you're getting frustrated with somebody else, is it a personality-based behavior or is this a performance-based challenge, performance-based behavior? Which is it that's bothering you? And so if it's performance-based, understand, do they have the ability to perform at what you're asking of them? If the answer is yes, then you get to go in and say, we're in performance coaching now. So we're understanding what's really in the way. Is it because they're not open to playing where you're asking of them? If that's the case, get them out. Or is there something else that's in the way? 
And so identifying what that is and, and then supporting them if they're open. If they're not open, again, get them out, help them support, support them in finding somewhere else where they can be successful. And, and I've had to do that multiple times where they're somebody that's a really great employee, but for whatever reason, they're having an employee performance-based behavior challenge and it's driving me nuts. And they they just don't want to perform under the circumstances that we've asked of them. So circumstances that I've asked of them, they don't want to perform in that space. And so I get to make the decision of whether or not that's a place that we get to coexist. So that's here are all these choices that we get to make. Now, if it's a skills based challenge where they don't have the skills, either get to provide the skills in some way. So hire a coach, a mentor, a consultant, something to, to provide these skills for them or. I get to support them and seeing where they can be successful somewhere else. The, the, the thing I have for you is when somebody's driving you nuts and it's that realm, <coughs> excuse me, and it's that realm, don't sit on this. So what I see happen is that this goes on for a long time, like six months, a year, multiple years before it gets addressed. That's a challenge. So move on these. When you see a challenge like this, when you are in a skills-based gap or whatever, you identify anything in that performance-based behavior gap, then you get to move on it. So you get to have the conversation. That can be uncomfortable. That can be really uncomfortable. But just as giving feedback, and we're doing a show in March on giving feedback as well. So listen to that. We've talked about it in previous shows as well. You get to interrupt because interrupting people's behavior is actually one of the most loving things that you can do. Now you don't get to do it in a mean way. Not like you suck. Stop doing this. Well, that's not how we would interrupt with people. And remember what we talk about, we say, are you open to feedback? That's the very first question. Are you open to feedback? And then based on how that person shows up, if they say yes, then support them. Give them that feedback but from a loving place, from a place of, I want you to succeed, whether it's here or somewhere else, I want you to succeed. And so at our core, what we're doing is developing higher level communication skills to be able to talk about the challenges that we're having when we notice that we're frustrated. When those people around us are driving us nuts, that's when we get to have those conversations. So I invite you to understand when somebody's driving you nuts, know that it's not them it's their behavior and is it performance based or is it something else is it performance based or is it something else and so when it's something else that's when we really get to understand is it personality what about that is driving us nuts now here's something i want to introduce you to a concept that perhaps you've heard of and perhaps you haven't so we are all mirrors for each other, okay? What that means is that there's really, if you go to a, down to a metaphysics level, we can talk very deeply on this in a physics space. And I could hang on in this conversation about metaphysics to the surface level, but once we got really deep underneath that, it gets a little wonky. I can't tell you how all it works. But what I know is that we are all reflections of each other. And so if somebody is triggering me, their behavior is triggering me in some way, it means that I'm seeing a piece of myself in them. So how that looks when my kids are bickering 
if I get frustrated by that, I'm telling myself there's something that I'm creating that I'm frustrated about because I see it in them. So it must be in me. Here's another example I'll give to you. My nine-year-old, he says to me the other day, this is on, on Monday. Now, let me back up and give you some backstory here. On Sunday, we were at kids' activities all day long. On Saturday, we were at kids' activities over half the day. On Friday night, we were at kids' activities outside of, I worked all day, and then we had kids' activities at night. Same thing Thursday, same thing Wednesday. So by the time Monday morning rolled around, there was plenty of laundry that had been done over the weekend. And this particular son, Andrew, he is also in charge of supporting with laundry, meaning we will help him carry the laundry down the stairs to the laundry machines, but it's his responsibility to put the laundry in the washing machine and move it to the dryer. And sometimes he'll even walk it back upstairs, but that is, that's not something that we expect of him. It's a heavy basket of clothes. So we ask him to support in the laundry process. And then it all gets dumped on our bed. And because our children just, if I didn't sort it for them, they would just grab clothes and one time at church, uh, I saw my oldest took a sweatshirt off and he was performing in front of the entire church and he had his youngest brother's shirt on. <laughs> and I laughed so hard and after that day, I said, no problem, I will sort the laundry. So that is my job. That's the job I take on. But when I'm not available to do that, the kids can honor that role and they can do that. So we've got some established roles in our house. Well, on this particular Monday morning, my youngest son realizes that there aren't pants in his school spot where he normally grabs his, his pants. They have school uniforms, so he wears khaki pants. It's very specific. At my experience of that, it's lovely because there aren't any conversations about clothes. They know what they get to wear. And on this particular day, there weren't khakis where he wanted them. So he got really frustrated. And he says to me, mom, you're lazy. Pause there for just a second and let that land. And I looked at him and I said, Andrew, I've been called a lot of things in my life, but lazy is not one of them. And I, I laughed, but kind of, kind of out loud, mostly to myself, because I know that I am anything but lazy. That is just not, not something I don't have any sort of program in my mind that says, Kathleen is lazy. I don't have any sort of emotions around that word because I know without a shadow of a doubt, I am not lazy. And so when he said it, I had no emotions around it. It did not drive me nuts. I just laughed like, wow, that's interesting. You might as well have called me 90 years old because it would have the same impact on me. But now I'll tell you something else, something that did hurt. Now, this has been many years, probably four years ago. And Andrew came up to me and he said, mommy, I love you because you're soft. That one hurt a little bit <laughs> because I had a program in my head that I was not as fit as I wanted to be. And so when he called me soft, what it felt like was that he was calling forward an area of mine. Like, oh, he could see it. So that had an impact on me. His behavior triggered me. But when he used the word lazy, I had nothing on it. It, it literally made me laugh because that's the word that he chose to use. Now, when we broke it down and had a conversation about it, he says, no, mom, you're not lazy. But I did for the next 
24 hours, every time I did something, I said, your lazy mom is doing this. Your lazy mom is doing this. You're, and so I, I kept drilling in, but more from a standpoint of how incredibly distant that, that word was from what I perceive as myself or, or the vocabulary that I would use. But the word fluffy, soft, those are words that, that hit me. Those were hard for me. Those triggered me. Because what he was identifying was something that I've said to myself. And so when somebody triggers you, when I say you, they are just a mirror of you, when you get frustrated, it's a wonderful notice moment for yourself to say, huh, I've bought something about that. I have said that to myself. There's something that I am saying about myself and they're just reflecting it. And that's where anger and frustration lives. It resides there. So when you get frustrated in other people, it is a great moment to look onto yourself and say, that's really interesting. I wonder why that is bothering me. What is it that that person said that's really causing me this grief, this anguish? Because there's something that that person said, did, is in their behavior, those words, if they trigger you, if they make you frustrated in any way, so you experience any kind of emotion other than neutrality or joy, any other emotion is a trigger for you. And so you get to understand what is that? What, what about that word or that action bothers me? Because when we talk about mirrors, can they're just a reflection of you and they're showing you something that you don't want to see. It's why the anger and the frustration comes up. I don't like it, so I get mad. So when you see frustration, in, you get frustrated about somebody else's behavior. We're talking about personality-based behavior. When you see that, know that they're just a reflection of you. And you get to look inside and say, what is it that's frustrating me about this? Because just as when my sons called me lazy and I laughed about it because that, that was just so off base from what I tell myself. Well, that was not a trigger for me. But other words like fluffy or soft, that would trigger me because that's a story I said about myself. That's something that I made about myself. So you get to really look at that. When someone's driving you nuts, know that it's their behavior, not them. And there's something in there for you. There's a lesson in there for you that you get to learn. And in the office space, it's so beautiful because we don't necessarily pick our office mates. In the virtual world, in the physical world, it, it doesn't really matter. We don't pick the people that are around us unless we created the business and we brought everybody in just the way that we wanted it. If we're just stepping into an employment role, then we're going to be around people that we don't necessarily want to be around. We wouldn't have chosen to be around them. And so they are going to trigger us. But when somebody drives you nuts, it's an opportunity to look and say, huh, that's really driving me nuts. What is it about that behavior? What are they showing me that I don't want to see, that I don't want to believe? That's where we really start to make a difference because we can understand that. Then we can look at it and say, huh, okay, that's not true. Might've been true in the past, but it's not true now. So now we can start to make some change about how we relate to other people. And that's the key of all of this, how we relate to other people. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we 
have even more. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about leading people that drive you nuts. And we have talked multiple times about how when people drive you nuts, it's not them that are driving you nuts, it's their behavior. And so we get to drill down and say, is the behavior a performance-based behavior or is a personality-based behavior that's driving you nuts? So we're we're really emphasizing the personality-based behaviors today. And I wanna share with you a story about, this was my second professional job. So my first professional job, I came out of college and I worked for KPMG as a certified public accountant. During right uh, about the time that I was in that job, we bought a house. Oh no, it was, yeah, about a year. So I came out of college in 2004. Now I'm dating myself and started the job in 2004. In 2005, got married, uh, built a house. So there's just a lot that happened within a few months. And we did all of this and I worked at this job for two years, and then I moved on to my second job working at an advertising agency. And so at that point, when I moved into this job, we had we had our house, but a lot of the furnishings in the house were things that we had gotten from our parents, or they weren't they weren't new to us. And so we were just starting to figure out and buy some things that were that were a great fit for my husband and for me. And I remember vividly, we bought a king sized bed. And I went to work the next day and I was talking with one of my bosses. She was the media director at the time. And I said, oh, I'm so excited. We got a new king size bed. Now, the reason that this was important to me was two things. One, we bought this on our own. So that was really exciting because we'd had a bed that my parents had purchased for me 10, 15 years before that, that we'd been using. And so there was pride in us purchasing our own bed. The other piece was we had a 50 pound dog and my husband and I were sleeping on a full-sized bed. Now my husband got half the bed, but then this my our dog and I shared the other half of the bed. And so my sleep quality was not that great because every morning I would wake up and even though I would go to bed with my legs together, I would wake up with my like a, like a butterfly style, my ankles were touching, but my knees were far apart and the dog was in the middle of my knees. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how she managed it, but she did every single morning. And so I really didn't have a half of a bed. I had more like a quarter. Otherwise, I would be on the edge of the bed and she would be tucked in beside me. 
Now, I want to tell you today, I also have a king size bed. We've got a new one since then. And I have a six pound dog who does very similar stuff to me and I'm still on the edge of the bed. So perhaps this problem has absolutely nothing to do with the size of the bed. But at the time, I was super excited because I was going to get more space on the bed. I could get a better quality of sleep and we purchased this on our own. And so I go to work, I said, oh, we got a king bed. It's coming in a few days, I'm so excited. And this lady, I remember this like it was yesterday. She says to me, that was a bad move. <laughs> what, it's a king size bed. How can you be opinionated about a king size bed? And she says, oh, I don't think you should do that. Can you cancel that? <laughs> what is going on? Why are you not proud of me? What, what, is, what is happening here that you are not supportive of my king size bed purchase? And she says, well, I mean, that's a really big bed to uh, get like to every morning. You got to make the bed. You got to go to both sides. And like, that's just a really lot of work. And I'm thinking it's maybe like two more seconds to make a king size bed than it is a full size bed. A bed is a bed. You still got to walk to the other side to make half of it, then walk back to the other side to make the other half. It's really not that much more work. But in her mind, when I dug down, peel back the onion, when I dug down deeper and deeper, what I realized is that she was divorced. Her husband didn't support her when they were married. And she was the one that made the bed all the time. They had a king size bed. She was frustrated every morning when she would make her bed, she would make her side. Then she would walk to the other side, make his side. It would be a reminder that he doesn't support her. And so she had a vendetta against king size beds. And so when I said I got a king size bed, what came up for her was her experience with her ex-husband. It had nothing to do with me, but she projected her experience onto me. And I got frustrated about it. I didn't say anything to her at the time, but I went back to my desk. And I was like, why does she hate my king size bed? Come on. Why is she mad about my king? Why couldn't she just be proud of me? Why couldn't she just say, hey, that's cool. Why couldn't she just shut her mouth and said nothing? Are you kidding me? How selfish can she be? That's what came up for me. She drove me nuts. Not her, what I know now, it wasn't her, it was her behavior and it wasn't really about me. The whole story that came up was all her, but I gave it meaning and I made it mean something to me that her story that she projected onto me and my experience, I made it mean that she didn't think that my purchase was a good purchase. And I stewed about it for a little bit. And then I thought about it. And then I got curious. And then I went to her and said, hey, when did you have a king size bed? And she said, oh, I just got rid of it a few years ago. It was a pain in the butt when I was married. And she started telling me these pieces of her story. And I realized this had nothing to do with me. Nothing at all. But I waited and stewed about it for a little while. Now, I, Dale Carnegie, I really appreciate. I've done a couple of Dale Carnegie classes and I've read his books and I really appreciate his thought process. I look up his books, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a, it's a great book that stood the test of time. And one of the things that he says is give the anxiety that something deserves and nothing more. So be willing to give the anxiety that something deserves and nothing more. Well, in this case, I gave it its minutes of frustration and anxiety I was mad about it. I was unsure. I was uncomfortable. And then I said, this is stupid. This is my bed and I get to create whatever I want with it. And this is my life. And I don't really care what she does or doesn't think about it. And so then that's when I decided this no longer gets any more frustration and anger and I get to move on. No anxiety. Let's just move on. And then I went and talked to her and we had a great conversation that really deepened our relationship. I got to realize 
that everything that she was talking about had nothing to do with me. And that's the reality of a lot of things that drive us nuts. What the words that people come out of their mouth, the words that we say, oftentimes, unless somebody is highly emotionally intelligent, I mean, really studied emotional intelligence, the stuff that comes out of their mouths has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. When you know that and you realize that you're getting frustrated or you're getting triggered by something that has nothing to do with you, then you realize you you don't have to be frustrated anymore because it's not about you. It's about them and their reactions. Like I was telling you with my old boss, her relationship with a king size bed had nothing to do with me. And the fact that I even spent more than a second frustrated because she didn't edify or validate my king size bed purchase now seems crazy. Why would I care? But at the time, it was very real to me. It was one of my first big purchases. And this person that I respected, I wanted her to edify it. I wanted her to validate it. I wanted her to say, wow, Kathleen, I'm really proud of you. Look at what you got to create with your bed. Wow, good job. Now, she wasn't willing or able to give that to me. So think about how many times are you letting people that aren't willing or able to give you something when they don't show up by willing by being able to give you whatever it is that you want and you get frustrated. What happens there is you give your power away. So in that case, with my with the boss that I'm describing in this bed, I gave her my power because I got frustrated. In that case, I gave her my power. She didn't want my power, but what I mean by giving her your power means I'm letting somebody else control what my emotions are. I'm reacting to a situation that actually had nothing to do with me. So I set an expectation of how I wanted somebody to show up. And then I was disappointed when they didn't show up that way. Now, there's a key word that I just said that's underneath all of that. I said, I set an expectation on how I wanted somebody to show up. And then I was frustrated when they didn't show up that way. Expectation. I set an expectation of how I wanted somebody to show up. And then I got frustrated because they didn't show up that way. Now let's go back to the topic of this show, leading people that drive you nuts. I set an expectation of how I wanted somebody to show up and they didn't show up that way. Again, if we're talking about performance-based behaviors that are frustrating to us, totally separate experience. Then we get to look at whether it's a skills gap or whether they're open. And by that, we determine whether there's a place for them on the team or whether we get to support them in being successful somewhere else. That's a totally different conversation. And if you reference a gap there, we will have we have other shows about that. But today we're talking about personality based behaviors, triggers on personality based behaviors that drive you nuts. And so when you set expectations on someone else about how you want them to respond, you are setting yourself up for failure. And failure's not bad. Failure's okay. But when you get frustrated because somebody didn't show up how you wanted them to, this is on you, not on them. Not on them. When you get frustrated because you set an expectation on someone else and they didn't show up how you wanted them to, That's on you, not on them. So listen to that and hear that and think about how many times have you set an expectation on someone else? Perhaps your spouse, perhaps your child, perhaps your coworker, perhaps your boss, perhaps your employee. When have you set an expectation on someone else 
that's in an employee base. So I wanted them to respond this way. I wanted them to cheer me on. I wanted them to show up for me. I wanted them to tell me how great my work was. And then they didn't show up that way. And then you got mad, you got frustrated, you got angry. The reason that they didn't show up that way has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them entirely. Remember the story about the king size bed? How she showed up was based on her set of experiences. Now, let's do this in a different way. How you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. It's such a great philosophy. And so that means that we can talk about this. We can talk about it with scenarios with children and it can relate to the workplace. We can talk about scenarios in the workplace and it can relate to the family. It's so beautiful how that philosophy works. And what this means is that when you expect somebody to show up in one way and that doesn't happen, that is an event. It just is a thing. But when you assign an emotion to it, an anger, a frustration, anything but joy or neutrality, meaning there's no emotion there, that's when you're getting triggered. That's about you. So we don't want to set expectations on other people. That's the lesson right here in this piece. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to wrap all of this up. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be back here in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we've been talking all about leading people that drive you nuts. We started out this episode talking about sameness and how, while that sounds exciting and nice, it actually wouldn't be because we wouldn't be diverse. We wouldn't be celebrating our differences and we would not be bringing in differing opinions. Remember, we grow when we're uncomfortable. We only are uncomfortable when there's differing opinions, differing thought processes, when we're up against something that's challenging for us. So that is important. Now, how do we work with people that drive us nuts? The first piece is understanding that it's not them that are driving us nuts. It's their behavior. It's not them. It's their behavior. And we get to really separate that. Then we look at these behaviors and there's two different places that they could go. It could be performance-based. If that's a question for you, performance-based, do they have the skills to perform at the level that you're asking of them? If not, train them, mentor them, coach them, or get them out. Are they open? If they're not open, get them out. If they are, coach them, train them, support them. So that's that piece, performance-based. But we're talking about personality-based behaviors right now. And in personality-based behaviors, we get to understand that everybody is a mirror of us. So really just understand that what somebody else is, what's triggering you and somebody else, they're actually just showing you something. And when you get triggered by something, something in somebody else, when they have a response, that's about them, not about you. So you get to be aware of where you are responding emotionally because there's a lesson in it for you. There is so much more we can go into on this topic, 
And what I want you to know is that you can always reach out to me if you have questions or if you're wondering how this applies to your work. One of the things that I am working on is this metric system where we can actually understand and analyze a team and a dynamic. So in a facilitated experience of speaking, I go out and speak a lot. I do a lot of these facilitated experiences and we can actually tell how a team is performing. So ideal team performs at hundred percent. We can tell in a very short period of time, how your team is performing. Now that's really important because a lot of the things I go in and talk with a lot of leaders and they don't necessarily have words to put on where the growth areas are for their team. But when we come in and we do these assessments, we can tell really quick where the growth areas are. And then we give language to the leader for what they really already know, but it's, it's allowing them to be able to see it in a different way and say, oh, that's what I've been attempting to say for years. Yes, this is our growth opportunity. And so they get a new set of language to understand where they can grow their team and their individuals within their teams to be able to perform at their best and really be the most fulfilled and joyful that they could be. Because guys, we can work our entire lives and uh, just check the boxes, or we can really be fulfilled and joyful and creating from a space that's really true to us. And I prefer the latter, and I believe that that is what we get to create in this world. And so that's what I'm a stand for. And these assessments are really supportive in understanding how your team works and how to support your team so that they can be at 100%. So a lot of times it's just really identifying that languaging. So if that's of interest to you, please let me know. You can just get a hold of me at Kathleen at KathleenLeeson.com. Now, next week, we have a really fun show I'm so excited about. It's about how to identify your blind spot. Now, if you were listening a few weeks ago, we talked about why some teams win and others don't. So go check that out. You can see that a few weeks ago. It was early February. And one of uh, the five components of winning teams is about how we interrupt other people's blind spots. We show them what it is because other people know your blind spots, but we don't necessarily know our own blind spots. That's why it's a blind spot. And so this opportunity, this show is really about digging deeper into blind spots. So I do a facilitated experience where I actually allow people to see what it's like when everybody else can see your blind spot, but you can't and bring that forward into the conversation. So I'm going to use a lot of those techniques that I use when I'm in front of groups on this show next week. So be sure that you tune in for that because there's a lot of great information that I will be sharing about blind spots. Why do they even exist? Why can't we see our own blind spots? What really is a blind spot? And how, how, when we see it in someone else, do we support them and show them what their blind spot is? And then how do we continually have that conversation? Because it would be amazing if we just had one conversation about what someone's blind spot is and they saw it and they took corrective action so that it never came up again. That would be amazing. Unfortunately, that is not how we work. We as humans are not designed to, to function that way. So what we get to create is an opportunity to continually support that blind spot, how to coach into that blind spot. So when you see it, you don't get frustrated by it anymore because you know what it is. And how does the person with your own blind spot, how do you be aware of it and move through it? And so that's really, really important. But that is all about next week's how to identify your blind spot. So we've got a whole series in February and March. We're talking all about teamwork, how to really get the most out of your employees, how to pour into them from a coaching perspective so that you can support them, how to interrupt what's not working, how to support more of what is working. These are all really critical components 
to growing teams. And quite honestly, it's no different. I, we think of our family as a team. I use a lot of these same tools that we're talking about with companies in my family. So I just had a conversation with my 13-year-old last night. We were using some of these exact same tools. His classroom at school is a team. We look at what's working and what's not working. And he understands this language. I am so amazed at how, how kids can pick up these language tools. Now, the challenge for him is none of his friends know this language. So when he talks, we still get to talk in a way that it's not so far out there that he can't have a conversation with his friends anymore because his language base has changed. Now that's the same for you as well. There's language that I can give you, but if you notice when I talk, sometimes I'll use language that I might use with people that really, really, really get this stuff, but I also get to shift my language because I know that the people that you're around, we get to introduce this concept and grow the language over time. And so that's really important. And it's something for you to hear as well. As you learn new language, remember that it's new to you, maybe not to somebody else. Even the term blind spot. If I said the blind spot in your car, then that's a pretty universal term. So when I say blind spot, that's often what people think of. But when I'm talking about how to identify your blind spot, I mean, it's the thing that's standing in your way. So it's saying, if this is where I want to go, what is it that's standing in my way? If you know you want to create something, what is it that's standing in your way? Perhaps it is and I've got an attitude, that's mine. <laughs> Perhaps it is righteousness. So there's all kinds of different blind spots that people have. They're not all the same. Everybody has a different blind spot. But when you can identify what it is, that is powerful. When you know what's in your way, that is powerful. Because when you know, then you can get out of the way. Then you don't have to have that stop you anymore. But it takes a caring friend somebody that's willing to interrupt a coach to be able to call that forward. And so that is really the topic of next week's show. So we have talked all today about leading people that drive you nuts. And if you take one thing away from this show, just one, here's what I want you to leave with. What I want you to leave with is that the things that drive you nuts about someone is not really about that person. It's about that person's behavior and understanding the distinction that it is not that person that's driving you nuts. One of the things that's like nails on a chalkboard for me is listening to people say, I can't stand you, you stink, these personal attacks on people. But that's not the case. We can hate someone's behavior, but we don't hate people. We can hate someone's behavior, but we don't hate people. Here are the difference. This is so critical to the compassion that gets to exist in our world. Understanding that the things that we don't like, the things that, that are, are frustrating for us, it's not about the person, it's about the behavior. Behaviors can be shifted, people cannot. Behaviors can be shifted, people cannot. That's what I'm going to leave you with for today. Thank you so much for joining. I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.